Dearest listeners, I trust this missive finds you well. Revolution is in the air, and the foul deeds of our king can no longer be allowed to sully the soul of this, our nation. To quench what is most certainly a prodigious thirst for intellectual satisfaction, yes, I am he of whom you have heard. He who hath been rumored of in the dark corners of society where ghosts of revolution begin slowly to take form. I am Joe Hogan, known to those in realms of digital entertainment and communication as Epic Greys. And this, dear listeners, is the 190th missive in a series known to the common folk as Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. And because I am talking in a silly yes. voice, and yes. because it is all different for introduction, obviously it is an episode with our friend Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing well. You did a great job. Well done. Thank you. I've, I've started to learn that if you're going to be on my show, I need to read the, the show notes ahead of time. Prep yourself. I do apologize. I don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure where that came from. I had this idea, and then I was like... People are going to think this is a WandaVision episode and they're going to hear that intro You're and they're just going to leave. So you're going to have people <laughs> listening to this podcast that normally do and they'll be fine. But I apologize in advance for you not picking up any new listeners. So be like, I don't know what this is, but <laughs> I, I really hope. And I don't know if I will have the time because this will be going out like right after we record. But um, I really kind of hope that I can find some like harmonica music to go over it i feel like that would really enhance i can record some for you when we are done <laughs> i will pull out my harmonica and i will record that in the background for you i will take that sir i will take that um we are also joined today uh by bama shocks how you doing bama i'm doing outstanding it was fun watching rob edit that in the show notes i was like oh, there's <laughs> rob <laughs> Um, we are we are Rayless today, and he's kind of bummed because we had this big four person episode planned, and then he went and got his vaccine. And anybody who's gotten their vaccine so far knows that it can be um, it can be a little harsh. That does don't don't let it discourage you. It's just your body making antibodies. <laughs> but yeah, kind of knocked him out of the, out for the count today. So, um, but yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, what have you guys been up to? Bama, you, you want to go first? I was going to say, oh, you're going to have to call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, as you know, I, I play a lot of Dungeons & Dragons, some publicly, some privately. And um, I've been do I did a lot of that this week. And then we had our GURP session yesterday, so... Yeah, we did. We were laughing really hard yesterday. And then also, like, tackling some, like, really <laughs> heavy... <laughs> I don't think I've ever played an RPG with a, a GM who, like, tries to tackle in the first few sessions, like, these major moral <laughs> issues <laughs> that we are confronting. What's bad is I don't think he designed them to be as big a moral issue as the crew has made them out to be. <laughs> Like we're supposed to be like like I I signed up for a romp through the space and now we're like solving like <laughs> philosophical problems. Instead uh, of being murder hobos in a Dungeons and Dragons town, we are 
warriors of justice for lack of a better term. <laughs> like like seriously we will we will we spent we're not there yet because we are we just recorded episode 13 i think or was session 13 and every session gives us like two episodes so we're probably a good year out from <laughs> what is going to be broadcast but i mean we are, we are, we're talking about like the moral implications of introducing a special drug to a population and is ai like sentient sentient beings like it's it's heavy stuff so it's a lot more like star trek than you thought it would be it is a lot more like star and i shouldn't be surprised because todd is a huge star trek fan so it makes sense and you know the, the funniest part about that is we spend sometimes hours or if not days in game discussing a, a moral issue and then we just randomly just do something without thinking about it or the ramifications of it. And it's a much bigger deal sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying not to spoil anything. It's very hard. Like it's like I, it's one of those things where I can't wait for us to, I hope we can eventually get it to where it catches up to itself a little bit because we're so far out. Although it is very fun to watch the, um, to listen to us from uh, September Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we, I like the next episode, not the one that came out on Friday, but the one that's coming out, um, two weeks from now is, uh, us versus the door lock boss. <laughs> <laughs> but very cool. So any other, other games you're playing other than our groups? Well, I know there's all others, but any, any significant, uh, events in any of those? Um, so our Friday night campaign, which we've been in for over a year now, is in the final act, and world events are escalating at an alarming rate. It That's took right. us it took us almost a year to get to level six in game, and then in one session we jumped. We're level thirteen now within two weeks, so it's it's been quite an adjustment. Wow. That's that's kind of yeah. That's a big that's a big shift real real suddenly. But fun because you get all sorts of new new abilities and skills and stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and then and then our um, you know my personal campaigns through King of the Hill, which I stream live on Twitch. Um, we're just getting rolling in both of them. They're both newer modules. Mm-hmm. Got the Dungeon of the Mad Mage. We're only a couple of sessions in, and it is basically a twenty-three level dungeon crawl that we have already been in five weeks, and we're we just made it to the second floor. Oh wow! So it's it's extensive. That's awesome. I think we've discussed we've discussed the the world's biggest dungeon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we still have to find a way to do that. <laughs> I would love to see that. It's one of those things where I try and find groups that have done it. It's just such a massive undertaking. Nobody does it. Yeah, I, I'm seeing that's going to be kind of the thing with this one as well. Yeah, and then the the opposite of that is. You know, um, late last year, uh, Wizards of the Coast released an official um, Rime of the Frostmaiden taking place in Icewind Dale, which has been basically turned into a glacier for the past two years. You know, food is scarce, warmth is scarce, and shenanigans abound everywhere. A lot of interesting things so far in that one. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I I really need to get back into the. It's been a very long time since I've looked into the the myth of Dungeons and Dragons because their different worlds have different, you know, actually kind of evolving story. Like they don't they have like a a regular um, 
story that goes on and you can play in your local stores and it actually evolves the the world oh adventure adventurers league i think i guess that's what you're talking about um i guess not right now with the pandemic probably not probably not but i mean they do kind of they try and keep the world um evolving yeah yeah oh yeah 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 cool very very cool any any fishing trips recently uh no work has kept me tied up too much to do much fishing yeah i hear you i hear you how about you rob what you up to well joe uh i have been living far too much in the world of valheim (laughs) you and my brother both (laughs) yeah i mean it it sucked me in. I'm not sure how many hours I have in there. And now, and I say this as somebody that's like, I'm not a, a huge video game guy because I know how easy it is for me to um, like really get addicted to a game and just want to spend all of my time doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try to do that sparingly like RPG, you know, like I, I put a bunch of hours into fallout Four, or I put a bunch of hours into Skyrim and um those sorts of games can suck me in and, and Valheim is definitely that. And it is to the point where the group of people, there's three other guys that um, I run around with in a world. Um, and it started out as just, I was the first one kind of building stuff. Cause that's the main thing that I like to do in that game. And um, so people were joining in my world. They have a permanent server set up. Like one of the guys is like, I'm just ordering the things for this. And so mm-hmm. the world is, constantly up so anybody can join whenever they want they don't have to wait for me to be in the game which is big because i might only play twice a week um but when i do that i'm sitting down for you know five hours or whatever um but i'm really enjoying uh, valheim i have most of my main land mass discovered because everything is procedurally generated and apparently uh my main island or whatever you will is is fairly large um, and I die a lot in that game. I died, I think, 12 times last night alone. Oh, wow. And when you die uh, the first time, if you're running to try and find, because it's the same thing where you have to run and get your body to get your stuff back. Mm-hmm. And uh, But they also drop down your skills. So, yeah, it's last night was a bit of a thing. Um, but enjoying Valheim. And then I'll just say the other thing is I watched a Harry Potter like fan film called Snape or Severus Snape and the Marauders, which was made a few years ago. And then found out that the sequel to that is a podcast, which I had never really heard of before where they took the cast of their, their short film and uh, turned them into a podcast cast. So from there it moves on. And I think it's called the great wizarding war. And that's still going on right now. I think, I think their last episode might've been November or December. Um, and, uh, I've started listening to that, which is weird, you know, cause it's, <laughs> it's characters you kind of know, but it's, uh, the whole thing is it take, it's about the first wizarding war in, in Harry Potter, but to hear a, an audio drama, um, in podcast form is a lot of fun. Yeah. I really do enjoy that. Uh, that format. I think there's a lot of potential there and I, I love it when people um, take it in newspapers for a while. I was watching a lot of, or listening to a lot of um, the, the like the black tapes and where it was these 
kind of mystery, supernatural type investigations. And you I've, quite I've listened happening. to the black tapes. Yeah, I don't know if they've put out anything new. They kind of went on hiatus for a really long time. No, um, I thought was- their I thought their whole show was done. I well, then it- they they teased like coming back at some point. Oh, hmm. okay, yeah. No, I really liked the um, I like the atmosphere of the black tapes. I was I'm, I'm a bit critical of the of the writing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, one character in particular, I didn't like the way that they wrote one of the characters. He he used I think it was the word unfortunately. He would say unfortunately at the end of sentences constantly. But this thing didn't happen, unfortunately. And I was like, no one talks like that. You're 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 writing something that I'm sure looks awesome on paper. Uh, but once it comes out of your actors' mouths, it sounds weird and unnatural. And not in a like, he's just a weird guy, so that's the way he talks kind of way. Right, right. But otherwise I really enjoyed it. I I binged it through like a in October, you know, leading up to Halloween. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of them I, I really should go investigate. That is the one big disadvantage of not having a four hour commute every day. <laughs> I am very yeah. behind my audiobooks and my podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I listen while I like clean, while I do dishes or laundry or or clean the apartment, I'll have a podcast in my ear. Yeah, yeah, that's usually when I get to do it. Or when I when I'm driving to the grocery store to pick up dinner or whatever. Definitely. But that's it. That's it for me. I could go on, but I won't. <laughs> we have things to talk about. How we about you, Joe? Um, I went on a massive, or well, I, th- I think I'm mid-massive organization binge. Like, bought a whole bunch of like office supplies and um, a, a journal, and I'm just trying to like I've gotten to that point that I think a lot of people have in quarantine at this point, where um, I've just kind of let daily life kind of keep me moving forward and I have not taken control of it at all. (laughs) And I'm like looking around going, I need to, I need to, especially if we're going to be going back to work soon, which is more and more looking likely. um, I need to figure out how that's going to (laughs) look because I've filled my time with a lot of stuff. And, um, and so, but I, but I do always kind of enjoy these little like, like bursts of organizational brainstorming and I've got post-it notes everywhere and we're, we're getting ready to, to adult a little bit more <laughs> moving forward. Um, but other than that, I think I mentioned it in last week's episode, but I am like hardcore researching this solo RPG thing. Like I, I am fascinated by it. The only one that I've found that I've watched so far is the me, myself and die. But like I'm just trying to find like good, um, good ways to do it because for me this looks like it would be a really fun way to try out all those games that I never get to play because there's just not enough time and enough people to do all of these RPGs. But if I have like, a couple of hours, I can say like, well, let's see how this one plays, and um, so that's been taking up a lot of my free time is is trying to figure out like what is this and how does it work. And you said you found me, myself, and die on YouTube, right? Yeah. I think I'm going to look into that one. I don't don't think I have, I don't think my brain operates in a way which I could do that myself, but it'd be interesting to watch someone else do it. You definitely have to be um, open to just kind of making decisions and not overthink them 
And I think I can see that being my problem is going, well, what do I do? If I do this, then that's going to happen. Or if I do that, you know, and then start like (laughs) questioning my choices too much. But um, right now I think I'm looking into um, like a a zombies apocalypse type game. Cause I think that would be kind of fun and kind of creepy to play by yourself (laughs) Um, to kind of see if you can survive a, a zombie apocalypse solo. So that's that's what I've been working on. I dig it. I just in my head I'm always the like but video games if you're looking for a single player experience rather but I guess that's me being lazy and not, you know, when you're doing an RPG everything's in your head. Um mm-hmm. so whether that's better or worse or like a choose your own adventure, you know, kind of situation. Well, I always find that it's like like very often I'll really really like a a video game, but I'll be like I wish they had done this or wish they had looked at it that way. Or, you know, I think that a story's coming. It's kind of like what Ray and I do. <laughs> we see a, we see a storyline coming We think this would be really cool if they did this and then they don't do it. And we're like, well, we still think it would have been really cool if they did that. Um, so I think that's a little bit where that comes from is that you have a sure. little bit more control of the narrative, but you still don't know exactly what's happening. So it's kind of discovering it as you go. I gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, well, would would you record any of those just for your own to see what it sounds like just to hear yourself talking while rolling dice? I, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I've I've got to talk to I've got to talk to Matt about it because I think it would be require some investment in some stuff, and I don't know that we want to invest in stuff. But my big thing is is if you do play something like that, I feel like you have to have some sort of output, like when um when I was teaching at my old school, it was very project based. And then the, the theory was, is that you, you do publish the stuff that the students do, even if it's just displaying it for like a back to school night. Um, Because that publication, that putting it out there for others to see is kind of what finalizes it and makes it just not just something that's in your head. Um, So I would think if I was going to really invest in a game that I was going to do for multiple um, sessions, I think I would want to either record it as a, a YouTube video or as a podcast, or even just as a series of journal entries online. There's got to be some sort of output that would work um, just because then other- otherwise it's just, just kind of sitting there. <laughs> it just, it brings up this vision of just like a sad guy in, the, in a dark room rolling dice. <laughs> I don't know that I want to be that guy. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of what I'm picturing when you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you're not you're, sad, you're, but yeah, you're just the one <laughs> dude and you're like, all right, let's see. And nope. Okay. We'll roll that again. And nope. Well, that didn't, well I lost that. All right. I guess. And then I can picture one of us narrating the intro. Here we watch a sad Joe dive into <laughs> his solo monster of the week campaign, which he has contemplated calling. I play with myself. <laughs> you know, if you were going to to do a podcast on a single player RPG, having somebody else be your narrator would actually make that a lot more interesting. You'd kind of just have to listen back to your playthrough and sort of write the script for somebody else with all the activities. And then, you know, that does mean you're sitting there recording and being like, <laughs> I raise my mighty sword, you know, <laughs> and you're talking to yourself while narrating, but you could almost turn that into a, 
a thing. But then I suppose that would just sound like a, um, you know, a two player RPG then, wouldn't it? It would sound like the narrator is the. Yeah, it would sound like the narrator, but I mean, the, the, the concept is still solo. It's just, you just get somebody to, to help you with the production value afterwards. (laughs) Yeah. Tell you, tell you what's happening. Yeah, I mean the the advantage that uh, the guy on me, myself, and I, and I, I always forget his name, um, but I, I know his last name rhymes with Marvel because it's not spelled like that. And I was like, oh, the only way I'm going to remember it is by thinking of Captain Marvel in Marvel. But um, he's a voice actor, and so it's a great medium for him because he can kind of create all these different characters and keep right. it dynamic and keep it going and. You know, that is that has never been my strong suit. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. There's possibilities there, but we'll <laughs> I certainly don't need yet another podcast to edit. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. We we are going to we, we spend not as much time as we usually do with our, our weekly geekery, but I think um, I think we all have a lot to say about the WandaVision and the Marvel universe moving forward. So we're going to take a quick break here and then we're going to get back and, and dive into our meat and potatoes and we will see you after this commercial break. When toxic culture has you down, when you're just looking to laugh and have fun, kick back and enjoy watching a video game or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek media network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we are back. And we are talking about... A little bit about WandaVision, because everybody has has, a, has thoughts on WandaVision. And... Uh, and more importantly, I think we're going to talk a little bit about what WandaVision means for the Marvel Universe going forward. I think that's going to be a big focus about today. But let's start first with why we're all here. What did you guys think of WandaVision? I absolutely loved it. It it you know, when you watch the first two episodes that come out, every you know, speculation went crazy. Like, is this what we're going to have for seven more episodes? And then what we finally ended up with was like, I don't even know how they got from point A to point B, but I loved it. Yeah, I was with, I was with it from the, from the get go personally. I, I, I was one of the ones who who was a I was a doubter. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was a doubter at the first, but I because I like the MCU so much, I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. Um, it didn't help that I was watching it with Matt, but um, because he was like I have I have no interest in this at all. But um, but yeah, for me it was definitely a little bit of a kind of inching forward, going what is this? But I'm sorry, Rob, I cut you off. Well, it was just the. Um, so there, I, I listened to an interview with the guy that directed all of the episodes 
um, on on Fat Man Beyond. And one of the interesting things he said was that originally the first three episodes were supposed to go out together and then they changed mm-hmm. their mind and said just the first two. Cause I remember everybody was like the first two episodes. It's a lot of like, I'm not sure what this is. I don't really, you know, I get there's some theme here, but it's too slow. It's taking too long. Um, you know, why are the credits half the episode length? And yeah. then after the third episode was often people were like, Oh, I see the hook. Mm-hmm. And you were supposed to get the hook on day one and you were all supposed to get three episodes, which would have given you about an hour's worth of uh, of WandaVision right off the bat. So you would have had far more context to lean on. Yeah, it was the third episode when I really when I got the hook and I was like, OK, I see where this is going. And I'm like, that's actually kind of exciting to see how they adapt, because, you know, growing up, I watched all of the 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 old school uh sitcoms you know Mm -hmm. in syndication obviously but so i mean i saw where they were pulling ideas from and i was like okay that's cool that's cool and yeah and uh i watched the um the behind the scenes did bama did you know that they did the stuff in front of a live studio audience no, I did not. That is yeah. even cooler. Yeah, they actually recorded it like they would have recorded uh, sitcoms back in the day. Yeah. And the big thing was that the guy that directed it was a child actor on sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously you have, you know, your main star growing up on the side, not necessarily on set, but on the side of um, Full House. Oh, yeah. And so... It was recreating that as much as they could. But so much of the interview that I listened to, and it felt like so much of the behind the scenes was less about theme and it was Mm -hmm. less about uh, like the ins and outs of the MCU and what can we do? What can't we do? Who is this? What is this? What does this mean? And far more just like we had fun and our goal was to recreate old sitcoms and that that was our goal on the show. Like that. Was that your impression, Joe, from watching the behind the scenes thing that like mostly they were they were pushing all of the other stuff, but rather than like this emotional core and getting more time with a character that's had so little screen time that it was just like, yep, we put all this work in to make it as authentic as possible to recreate sitcoms because that's what we're seeing in Wanda's head. But this is the thing that interested us. I, I think so, but I think I, I mean I definitely agree with you. They they look like they had a blast. <laughs> I mean, obviously they're not going to show you, you know, people going, "Oh, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore." But they they all seem to really just have been having a ball. But I think it is such a unique and weird way of doing something in the Marvel universe that I feel like that's kind of what they were showing off. Like it wasn't so much the we we wanted to put on sitcoms so that's what we did i think it was more like we had this really interesting spin on this story and we wanted to make sure we did it really accurately which it it, it was a little hipster (laughs) it was and no and and you're totally right I i don't mean it in a in a negative way um it was just very much like the thing that they liked talking about and showing off wasn't what i think hooked everybody that I've talked to or seen talk about the show, which is the week to week who done it kind of aspect of the show, the mystery mm-hmm. of the show, the thing to get people talking, the water cooler show 
And instead they were talking more about some of the technical things or how much, you know, the normal, how much fun it was to work with people and the things that the interesting things we had to do. And that makes sense for the behind the scenes, but it's just like the, that's the conversation I really want to hear. And they're right. just like, well, it's Marvel. Marvel's crazy secretive. And, it, you know, we were always worried that something would get out and people would know things. And, um, you know, but the, the other thing that I noticed uh, in the other interviewer that I took note of was how little it seemed like it was really necessarily connected to everything else in that. They were like, no, we, I mean, we had went down the hall or whatever, and we talked to the people working on Doctor Strange 2, and we talked to the people working on Captain Marvel 2. Um, but in general, it was like, here's the story that you're going to tell. Here's the story that we want to tell. Um, and so you just kind of make sure you're not stepping on their toes. And maybe it's like, this is kind of where we want this character to be, but do your thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it almost sounded like it wasn't nearly as connected as we all want to believe it is. But then that's also from the director, not the writers. Right. Right. And, uh, and I think, you know, Feige has his like, I'm sure he has some sort of like board in his office that is just like, this is the next 10 years of Marvel. (laughs) I'm 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 pretty sure sure he's got that. I'm sure Feige's office looks like the old classic detectives where they're gathering evidence and they're they're, they're, (laughs) strings everywhere, strings and threads everywhere. Oh, absolutely. But I kind of like that because that makes it more like comic books. You have editorial mandate that says we need this character for this big event that's coming up. Mm -hmm. So make sure that they're available in their storyline or whatever. It makes sense. And beyond that, you're off doing your own thing. And I really appreciate that. I think that's sort of easier to do with the TV show uh, because you're it, it's episodic by its nature than with the films, which they have also made episodic, but which are far larger in scope and take years to create. Well, I mean, they've really basically, now that we've got the Disney Plus stuff, you can really look at MCU material as the the Disney plus series are your, your monthlies and your movies are your graphic novels. Like your, you know, standalone published as a graphic novel pieces. It's very interesting. Like they have found a way to make a cinematic universe like a comic book series. Yeah. Can we talk about just how much Disney plus content is coming? Oh my God. Yeah. Spending that money. Do you think, do, uh, Bama? Do you think that they're gonna they're gonna start switching to mostly Disney Plus, and we're gonna get those movies as cherry on tops? Because I'm seeing it kind of move that direction, and I'm wondering if they're gonna start pulling back some of their movie ideas and turning them into series because they're so popular. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely a possibility, especially seeing just how many people are talking about Wandavision. <clears throat> Not to mention going. Excuse me. Going into Falcon and Winter Soldier, like everybody's speculating what that's going to be about, what that's going to, what effect that's going to have on the overarching story. Like, it's just like, it it looks like at some point we'll end up with a, you know, with small breaks in between, but we'll get, you know, this, this small, we got one division straight for what was it, I guess, eight weeks. And then we got a small break and then we're going into Winter Soldier. And it's just like so much Marvel. And I love it. Yeah, especially since we haven't had any in so long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so long. 
But I, oh, okay. Uh, so I actually disagree on the point of, of Disney plus, and I love the idea of it feeling like so long. Cause it's been a whole year without a Marvel thing, just cause we've gotten mm-hmm. one every year for 10 years. But you got to remember when we didn't have any Marvel for 20 years, you know, or five right, years, right, or, right. where it was forever. And you didn't even know if they were making another one. Cause they didn't have the sort of news cycle they do now. But I think like, you put out an Avengers movie and you're going to make close to or more than a billion dollars worldwide. Mm-hmm. You, I don't think you're going to make a billion dollars putting, you know, Avengers four or five or whatever it is at this point um, on Disney plus, like you can put it on there and you could charge people $20 or whatever they do for the premium thing to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And they, they seem to make some money doing that, but we've also seen releases where they haven't. There's a really good in the comics media um, Discord channel that we have on the Geek to Geek Discord. There's been a really good conversation about that specific thing and them saying like, "Ooh, this movie they put out, you know, Mulan didn't make as much as they wanted it to. I, you know, didn't maybe didn't quite make its budget back kind of thing. And that's everybody is at home wanting new entertainment and you gave them new entertainment that they could watch from home. That thing everyone says they want, but you didn't make that money because they know they can wait and then get it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is going to be the deciding factor. But I, I see once things open up again, I absolutely think if it's a Marvel film, especially if it's one of these big blockbuster, like you say, graphic novel, or I would say the crossover event level mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It's going to be in theaters because that's where they're going to make their money. Oh, absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. But I also I also look forward to it, though. I will say if we're looking more, I know we kind of slid into to the future. Um, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be a much smaller story. I don't think I think people think because Captain America's shield is involved that it's going to be like the next big signpost of what's coming for the Marvel Universe. I don't think so, especially not after WandaVision. I think you're going to get hints of things. Um, But at this point, I would prefer it be a smaller story because I remember and I think it was you, uh, Joe and Ray talking about this, how the movies are the big crossover events, the big graphic novels but we miss all of the individual issues in between. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's what these shows give us the chance to do. Give us smaller episodic bits. Let us really get to know the characters. Cause what would a WandaVision movie have looked like? Oh, you couldn't have done it. Like there's no way. It, I it, think it, you could have, you just would have missed all of the, that. Those character moments. Like you yeah. could absolutely have done the first half hour of a movie is a sitcom and everybody's really confused. And that would have been like really fascinating to see. Um, but unless you were making it a three and a half hour film, which I don't, I mean, how long was WandaVision in total? Like if you cut out the credits and the episodes were like 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. I think it was right around five hours. I think. Yeah. They didn't make it to like somewhere. We got the, the impression that it was leaked that it was going to be a full six hours and we're going to get an epic. And we even, we even semi reported on that, that we were going to get an epic finale that was like an hour long or didn't more. We didn't get it. Um, but that's fine because I feel like the story that they told felt okay. Like it didn't feel like it was missing something. And I, I, we've also talked about this a lot on the show. I, I don't love American network television 
mostly because it has to be a certain number of episodes long. And because yes. of that, there's a lot of filler where you go to, to European and especially um, British television. It's very like, you know, we've got enough story to fill six episodes. So that's what you're going to get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I love that. I love that. Yeah, me too. I, we've become, I mean, we watch so much foreign television right now and, uh, and it, it really is interesting to see how little filler there is in those episodes. Well, that's the whole thing you talk about where how many episodes can only take place because the characters continually don't talk to one another because they have to keep manufacturing drama. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a nine story arc, but you're going to make it 23 episodes because yep. that's the- what the order is. It's the CW of modern television, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is so frustrating too because you're just like, there's no. First of all, there's no reason for it. If if that's what you have to lean on to tell your story, you're you're probably don't have as strong of a story as you think you do, and it gets predictable where you see it coming a mile away, and you're like, I don't want to see them just like keep secrets from each other again, and then get all upset. Everyone yeah. talking to it, you is why I don't do procedurals. I, mm-hmm. I've, I've just, I've never really been able to get into them. And I know sitcoms are the same, but I usually have an easier time with a sitcom because I can enjoy the writing of a sitcom more because I enjoy right. comedy writing. Well, uh, and you know, sitcoms you know tend to be more contained to that episode. It's not trying to carry this, this arc of, you know, Jose and Bella hiding their relationship for three years, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It is true. Now I do think that you know we're what we do seem to be getting from all of these um, series, and again, maybe this is me reading much, too much into it, but it it really does look like they are going to be vehicles to put together the Young Avengers, because in every single series that's coming out, we get somebody from we get a younger version of an Avenger. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's smart on their end. I think their understanding of who they want their audience to be. And like with comic books, they know they have us, they have us old farts. We're in, you've been giving us quality content for 10 years. When is it going to get boring for young people? And usually, you know, the people with the big checkbooks tell you, I don't know that they're always right, but they tell you that the answer to that is younger characters. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why the sidekick exists. It started with Robin because they said, well, kids need a character to put themselves in into the shoes of even if the kids are like, no, I want to be Batman, but they're like, well, put a kid character in there. So you got Robin, which is why you got Bucky. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, or Toro. Does anybody remember Toro, the human torches, other little human torch? (laughs) No, Uh, actually I don't. The first, the first human torch uh, that came out in Marvel comics. Number one, that was the Android John Hammond. Gotcha. Um, Who's wasn't his body used to create the vision in the comic books? Um, I don't know. It's something there is. They're somehow like related. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. That was one of the, uh, I believe that was the original incarnation of vision. I believe that's what geek history was telling us a few weeks ago. Yeah. 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 Um, but yes, I, I agree that I think young Avengers is the thing that is definitely coming in some iteration or, if these are all young actors that are cheap and Disney has all the money, but like, would you rather have a young Avengers movie or an Avengers Academy television show? Hmm. That's a hard one. Ooh. 
Because I feel like if you do a Young Avengers Academy, it's very tempting to make it Dawson's Creek. It's very like somebody somewhere is going to go, oh, this is a good idea. And it's not like Marvel. It's not. We don't want 90210, the Marvel series. Please. But But think of how popular those shows were. So it might not be the right choice for you, but it might be the new Riverdale for the audience they want. And then- you know, it's, I don't know. I, I keep wondering when it's going to get to the point where they're going to try and change things up to grab a new audience. And we're going to be saying like, that's not my Marvel. And it's, we're going to sound exactly like the people that's like a female Thor. Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, <laughs> look at how many years of stories you have. Like we have 10 solid years of Marvel films with only a couple exceptions. Um, and most of their bad guys, but like a couple exceptions where you're just like, I just don't really want to watch that movie again. Um, like we have a really solid 10 year cinematic universe that tells a complete story mm-hmm. and you could stop at end game if you wanted to, and you would be fine. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm open to the idea of them flexing a little, cause that's what WandaVision was. WandaVision was a bit of a flex was the, we know we have you as an audience. We know some of you might be worried, you know, and some of you might leave and then come back, but like, you know these characters. This is related to the Avengers. This is a money-making property, um, money-making IP. So we're going to play with it a little bit. You know, it's the reason it took so... Well, I don't know that it would have needed to take so long, but it's to get to Logan. How many Wolverine and X-Men movies did we have to go through, you know? Yeah. yeah. Until they finally... The studio, the people making the money, because that's all they care about. They don't care about story. They don't care about character. They're there to make money. And so you have to convince them that you can tell a different kind of story that they don't know will work. They want what has worked in the past. That's why we get so much stuff that looks like so much stuff we've already seen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Physical reaction to the idea of, um, of 90210 Marvel version, but I I do see your point (laughs) and I don't want to be that guy. So I, 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 again, I have to I have to use WandaVision as a um, as a lesson to say just just trust in the Feige and that it's going to be okay. <laughs> well, you know, well, on that, on that same note, I could also see with with the way they're they're dialing in the Disney Plus stuff, maybe running a two or three season Young Avengers Academy to you know build them up, get them used to working as a team, utilizing their powers and stuff, and then that culminating in phase five as a, a live action blockbuster, you know, them actually mm-hmm. getting to face their big bads. Right now. And, and I'm going to just turn around and completely um, uproot what I just said. I do see, I do see Ms. Marvel working in that capacity, but that's, that's very true to the comic. Like it well, is very much teenager trying to navigate high school type life thing. I just don't forget the volume that you're looking at. Cause Joe, think of how many Marvel comics come out every month. Right. How, how many of those would you read or do you read? Like how much does it matter to you? What's going on in the daredevil comic? If you're a captain America guy, uh, I think there's room for more of these things, you know, the same way that you have different, all of these different cartoons. Like I don't watch all of the Marvel cartoons. Um, any of the Marvel cartoons 
And I'm sure there's some quality stuff there. They're building good stories. And I think you could take those kinds of stories, maybe simpler stories, lighter stories, things for a younger audience or a teenaged audience. And because uh, eventually sky beams and giant fights against CG armies get stale. It's true. And that's what we keep getting. And uh, that's great and bombastic. But when that becomes the norm, you know, you need to try and find something else. So I, I like I assume Falcon and Winter Soldier is like they have said in the promos. It's it, it's lethal weapon. Yeah. Right. We're going to be getting the buddy cop um, sort of thing. Things are going to explode. It's going to be more action packed. I don't know what to expect from Loki. I think it's going to be a very Lucifer-like procedural. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it'll be procedural, but I definitely think it's going to be along that. Um, <sighs> Did you watch Timeless? No, but I know of it. I feel it's going to be a little bit like that. Like it's going to be this kind of playing with time and playing with, you know, different a little bit what if ish was was Um, timeless the one where every time he died he woke up in the water no but that was an amazing series what was that was that called uh, oh somebody's shouting at the podcast right now yeah um i like i latched i latched on to that one in season one and then lost it well they they canceled it way too early it was such a good show i is it? It's gonna it's gonna drive me nuts, but I have no no idea where to start searching that one. My go, Google Foo will not work today. I got um, but yeah, if you know, send it, tweet us <laughs> so that we could put us out of our misery. Um, but no, it was it was about very very conspiracy theory esque where this. Um, there's two time machines. The good guys have one and the bad guys have another. And the good guys have to figure out where in time the bad guys went because they're trying to alter time to make it the way they want it to be. And so every week you're in a different time period where a big event happened and it was very period and it was very cool. And it was a very well done series. And it was one of the few series that once it was canceled, the fans demanded that they finished the the series and they did a like a two hour movie to finish it up. Was that was that was it it sounds a bit like Quantum Leap from back in the day? Um a little bit. A little bit, but you know, they weren't taking over characters um role in the story. They were I got you. you know trying to 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 keep history as close to, to true as possible. I did I did find that show it was forever. Oh forever. Yes, yep. such a good show. It looks like there it was also like two, five days or seven days or whatever it was where a guy got into the time machine and it would send him back seven days to try and stop something from happening. I there's been there's been a lot of these sort of, you know Timey Wimey movies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, isn't that the premise of Legends of Tomorrow as well? Oh yes. Have you kept up with, with the CW DC stuff, Rob? Nope. Okay. Easy that, answer. That, that, that's me. That's me. Oh, you have. Oh, okay. I'm all over it. Okay, so so we have a we have a um, a listener that that asked about it on online, and so I will when we get to that in shout outs, I will let you. I will let oh, you take that one. I, I've been <laughs> champing at the bit reading that question. <laughs> 
Um, so, oh, go ahead, Rob. I was gonna if if we're swing back over to Wandavision, I have I have a couple other things that I pulled from this um, interview. But uh, mm-hmm. before we move on to like if the future of things, or I don't know how much deeper you wanted to get into Wandavision. No, that's fine. That's cool. But it was things that, and a lot of these I wanted. I'm I'm sorry, Ray wasn't here because I wanted to get Ray's reaction to some of these. But uh, it was things like the commercials. They said, "What was the deal with the commercials?" Mm-hmm. The commercials were strictly just meant to be about trauma. Like it wasn't meant to be. Look at all the Easter eggs. It wasn't meant to be the Infinity Stones. The people weren't meant to be her parents. Um, it was just actors or the people in those town that in that town she decided to make actors. Um, this Evan Peters thing was strictly meant to be. I mean, obviously, it was the deep cuts. Here's the guy who played Quicksilver somewhere else was never meant to uh, be the look at this multiverse. Like, I think they 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 knew. Right. Um, but in the interview is be like, no, it was very much the replacing characters on shows halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I didn't actors. even think about that one. Yeah. Like basically it's all of this stuff that for us was like, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean to them is like, these are just us playing with sitcom tropes. Yeah. And we're just playing with them to a level that might make you ask. But he's like, we never thought that everyone would be asking if everybody is Mephisto like that just. <laughs> and again, this is the director, not the writer talking, but like that kind of thing. Um and that it was just more about like an actor being replaced halfway through by somebody else. And so in this case, it was funny to replace it with the other person, you know, is Quicksilver. Uh, but I don't know that it was meant to be seen as a, a potential, you know, red herring multiverse thing, mutants and all that jazz. Cause he's like, we know those things are coming. You know um, he talked about how the, uh, the Astro or the, what was it? The, the space engineer, right? The not astrophysicist, but aerospace the, engineer, the yeah. aerospace engineer was never occurred to them that that was going to be a hint to it. It was just literally a line so that they could work on the scene of her origin story with the truck. Yeah. You know, and he was like, that wasn't like, it wasn't meant to be a thing. And so he was dealing with like all of this anger and said, somebody found his cell phone number and left him like this long message about how he pissed off fans and, because you didn't get all of these things you thought you were going to get while watching this show. And he's like, those things are coming. Like, you know, you're getting fantastic Four. you know, you know, mutants have been announced. Um, he's like, you know, yeah, but that's why I keep having this thing in my head of like, I think they're trying to make these stories smaller, which means I kind of want them to do that. Cause if they're going to yeah. do it, I'm so down for that. And him being like, you're trying to find literally everything for the future of the Marvel cinematic universe in this show about a woman and her grief. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I, I sent, I sent a, a article to Ray and I'll have to send it to you guys, but it was, it was somebody pretending to be upset and their whole post was about how we were, pro- <laughs> we're upset about things we were not promised and didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they, they go on to say that um, that everybody knows that Marvel properties are very little about story and all about projecting what's going to happen in the future. And we didn't get that in this. And we're very upset. 
But, you know, to me, like, WandaVision did project so much. Like, I cannot wait to see Monica Rambo actually come into her powers. Like, oh, I'm so excited about that. Between her and seeing, like you said, you know, Billy and Tommy coming into Young Avengers status, like, actually manifesting in the real world. Like, those are the things I'm looking forward to. I also want to see, you know, you know, Wanda train under the tutelage of uh, Doctor Strange. And it's just like, it, it was it, it it like it wasn't designed to be a a um a diving board, but like it, it is for our imagination. Yeah, and honestly, I know a lot of people are disappointed. Which I, you know, how many you guys know how many theories we came up with on this oh, show. Yeah. I'm not at all disappointed. No, nope. like you know, I mean, that's part of the fun is sitting there and going, does this mean something? Does that mean something? Like, what does this mean? And and I I don't regret that at all. Like a lot of people have asked, is you know, are you are you bummed that they didn't deliver? I'm like, they didn't promise anything to deliver on. Oh, I think yeah. they delivered more than uh, to me. They delivered outside my expectations. Like they gave me, like we were like like you said, we were expecting to find out that this was Petro from a different multi universe. I was even more impressed with the fact that he was Ralph. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I never saw that coming. No, just that it just being that dumb, and and him being boner. I mean, that's also a sitcom reference. Yes, yes. a lot of people are like they think it's a they think it's a, a a dumb crude joke. No, it's it's supposed to be a reference to the character in Growing Pains. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the I guess the, there's I mean a couple small other things like we know that um, Monica is going to turn up next in Captain Marvel two from what Can't this wait. interview sounded like, so that. You know, the idea of her showing up in Doctor Strange 2, I thought might have been a possibility, especially since you're dealing with alternate realities and stuff that maybe that would mean more sword. Um, in terms of Darcy, you were wondering if it was COVID or what the reason was that she just kind of wasn't there. Right. Uh, it sounds like Kevin Smith sort of asked the question, but it's Kevin Smith. So then he kept talking. So, <laughs> so the director didn't fully get to respond, but it sounded like it was a scheduling conflict. He was like, oh, it's not that she's, you know, wasn't there or whatever. It was the she's off making another movie by now. Um, so I don't think it was COVID. I think it's just she's busy. But she was supposed to have another really big scene with uh, Mr. Scratchy. Or senior yes, scratchy. They were, supposed to do, they were supposed to do like a big senior scratchy monster thing, right? Yeah. So it was originally going to turn into like this giant werewolf and then her and Jimmy. And I don't remember if they said Monica too or something, but they were supposed to have to, they went in to the basement and then we're going to steal the dark hold. And he called it the dark hold. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. So that's confirmed, but the, that they were going to try and steal the book and then, yeah, they were going to have the big monster fight. So you were going to get a lot more Darcy stuff. Um, so I'm sorry that that didn't happen, but it was like, there's obviously all of these other um, things going on, right? Other ideas that they were pitching, but it was always insular. And uh, in terms of the future of what these shows are, you know, like I've said, I, I think that's a really smart way to go. And I love that idea personally, because your, you- budge- your budget can be lower. You can do smaller, more personal stories. And that's going to make, especially young people who are used to this kind of thing, right? Used to the 90210-ish thing targeting teenagers, make you care about the characters more. And then when you get to see them in the big, huge fight scenes, it's going to mean that much. It's the 
the and I, I know I'm rambling and um, I'll turn it over to Bama because I know you started talking. I apologize. Uh, but uh, like Smallville was a perfect example of this. You spent your whole season and it, it was the you're forced to make 23 of these things, but they spend the whole season making these smaller stories with little bits of special effects and stuff. And then they'd be like, but we're teasing the fight with Doomsday for the entire season. But then they don't have the money and the fight lasts 30 seconds and it's awful. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. see a lot of those comments when it comes to Supergirl as well, where like they're trying to do these big ideas, but they just don't have the money to make it look good. And so what you get here is both. You know, you get a season of a show, a, a short season that makes you care about these characters that aren't Tony Stark and Captain America and um, let you get to know these other characters a bit better and then spend all the money doing the big action sequences. And now it matters so much more that Wanda is throwing around giant pieces of machinery or attacking Thanos or whatever. Like now we care about that character so much more. So it's more interesting for us. I'll shut up now. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say like, what did you guys think about the, the, um, Basically, the fan proposal of a Jimmy Woo and Darcy, you know, Mulder and Scully type TV show where they investigate, you know, oddities in the Marvel Universe. You know, they like they could use that to help fill in gaps, kind of like they did with some of the earlier seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was as long say, as it's not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, it's the like, yes, if and that big if is the keep it. So the problem with smaller budget shows like that is they're not going to give you many good characters or interesting characters, or you won't have the budget to do those characters properly. And I say that having only watched like the first two and a half seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, But it's the like, yes, that would be phenomenal. um, But it's understanding the way that the Marvel fandom works to kind of, you know, go back to the things we were talking about, about people expecting things and not getting the things they didn't ask for. Um I don't know, because is it interesting to be like, oh, this person found the vulture's wingsuit and they're talking about that thing we saw like that was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Oh, yeah. they me- they mentioned Asgard. They mentioned the guy with the hammer. Ooh, and it's like, that's not good enough. Mm-mm. No. And that it sucks that that's not good enough. That's the fandom demanding probably more than they should. Um but all those characters are being saved for movies and the movies take years to make. And so you have stories moving much faster than the other stories. So I'm all for it. I love the idea. Um, I just wonder like, how do you build that into an existing Marvel universe where those stories are being written and taking far longer to tell and you're still trying to be relevant in that world when you're moving five times as fast. So, so you think to be successful that they're going to have to be self, you know, it's going to have to be something self-contained that exists in the universe without all these constant cursory references to the man with a hammer. Maybe, mm-hmm. but it's hard. Like yeah. I would say, I would just say it would take great coordination because if you're telling Thor Ragnarok or whatever, and the last time we saw Thor was, Age of Ultron, you have all of that time in the middle that you get to play with um, because they seem to say that when the movies come out, it's that many years since the last movie came out, right? They 
kind of sort of real time it in the Marvel universe. And so I think you can play with that. It's just then fill in that time, but make sure you've coordinated correctly. And maybe you have Thor show up and we find out what he's doing in the middle or, or whatever. And if it works and, and then I think all of it is fine. Um, But again, to me, it comes down to budget and what kind of show that is because you have agents of shield and they're, we're trying to do network television, special effects budget stuff. And it just doesn't look good. And the costumes just don't look very good. And, you know, um, so I, I don't know. And if they're going out and discovering all these other superheroes and then none of them show up in the next movie, you know, when you make the defenders, but they don't get to show up in Endgame, That's that. I didn't necessarily ask for this, but there's a little bit of disappointment on my end. Yeah, I was I was in the same camp because I was I was pro defenders, all, you know, all of the shows on Netflix. Like I, I really enjoyed them, and then they, you know, with the Netflix deal going under, it's just like they're gone. I mean, we've now heard announcements of, "Hey, Charlie Cox is reprising his role as Daredevil." Exciting, but is it this? I mean, is it this? Is it the same continuity? We have no idea. Right. Yeah. So it's it's that kind of thing. It's how mixed up are things going to get? The the Netflix shows ostensibly took place in the MCU um, because the kid had a Captain America toy or whatever, right? If memory serves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they talk about the guy with the hammer. You know, that's where I, I pulled that reference was the Netflix shows, not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, yes, give me more stuff. Try more yes. things. Yeah. Uh, try a thing and fail. Like I'm so okay with that. I'm okay with you trying to make something that that doesn't work um, because there's always more coming. So long as it doesn't lead to the studio saying, "Well, that failed. The superhero experiment is done. The Marvel experiment is done because we made one thing that didn't do so hot." Like, and yeah, I think I, that would be the biggest travesty if if they went that route. Right. Yeah, I would agree. But it seems like with the things we know are coming, you know, with Secret Invasion, with She-Hulk, with Moon Knight, is we're going to get many different flavors of of superhero storytelling that as a co- comic book fans, we know exist um, because comic book is a medium, not a genre. And superhero stories are itself almost, a, a you know, a sub medium. It's not all punchy, punchy. Um I think we're going to get a lot of different flavors. And I think that is what is going to potentially lead to the longevity of the MCU as a, I guess, cinematic continuity. I think we're going to uh, go, going back to kind of the, the Randall Park, Cat Dennings characters. Um, I see them. I want to, because we're getting so much Marvel on Disney plus, I want to see that episode where they're the they're the special guest that comes in and adds for a couple of episodes. You know, I want to I want to see them be unless they have a specific low level comic book story that they want to tell and it is self-contained. I I think that's the best. I mean, I want to see the characters. I want to see the characters over and over and over again because I've just fallen in love with Jimmy Woo and kind of make them your your Jane Silent Bob where they're not the main characters, but they show up on the <laughs> periphery of all the all the stories. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be all the stories. It's, you know, wh- where there's where it's appropriate for one or both of them to be, put them in there. Um, you know, if you've got a story where it's it's like you want to tell the story of of 
the the side characters having to to come together and defeat a big bad on their own without superpowers and that's the basis of the story awesome but i think you're right i think if we if we force them to go into their own series you know that is kind of an ongoing show you're just going to end up with filler and then it's not going to be as satisfying and also it'll take years for that to get developed and the for the actors' availability to line up and all of that jazz. Right. So, are you still going to want this four shows down the road? Um, hopefully, but will the excitement still be high enough for them to do it? And the other thing is budget. Like, I love a world in which we're going to tell, say, a Hawkeye story, and he's in Avengers Tower, and you know Bruce Banner's in the background working on a computer, and and. Uh, if Disney is willing to spend that amount of money, like remember in, was it Thor two where Loki turns into captain America for a second? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of thing that I think works really well. And it shouldn't always be at this point, this world is so big and so many characters. I would like to see it become less of a thing in the end credits of, Oh look. And now we see another character from another movie here and more of a like, yeah, they're in that world. Like what if we're, doing a moon Knight story and you just see spider-man swing by in the background because you're in new york city and new york city is overflowing with superheroes at this point yeah um it's that kind of thing that more overt references to other films instead of just being like oh that's the same shawarma place in the background kind of thing those in the know get it but more like no you're if you're in new york and new york is overflowing with superheroes like it would make sense that maybe you see something you know flying by in the background or um just <laughs> being heroes. just being there like you can interact and just like yeah i'm on i'm on the phone with captain marvel because we're talking about a thing but she has nothing to do with this story right like the like, the whole pa- heroes passing each other and doing the head nods up uh, thing <laughs> as they pass by, <laughs> kind of, yeah, that's what I want. I want, I definitely want, and this is uh, this is one of those things where they have not promised, but I I will be a little bit disappointed if I don't see it. Is the um, I definitely want to see in She Hulk, um, her arguing in a case against uh, Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock. Oh God, yes, 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 yes. Give me that. Yeah, or the that breaking would- breaking the fourth wall stuff. From the- or breaking the fourth wall stuff would be awesome. I mean, they've got such a brilliant actress playing She Hulk, or She Hulk. I, I, I just am so excited about that one because she's another one in my top ten. Um, she was she was Deadpool before Deadpool was Deadpool. Yeah. Um. Okay. So just kind of, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a couple of of things for each character, and then I just want to do some stuff about movies and, and series coming up. All right. Um, uh, how, how did you guys feel about where we left uh, white vision? Um, I'm interested to see how they reincorporate him into the, the, the MCU and where, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Agatha Harkness, bad villain or good villain or just a villain. I agree with you entirely on the idea of making Marvel characters fight people that are exactly like them, but a different color. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a problem. I think the sky beam being in there again is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in general as a character, yeah, because we got to sort of build that up over those episodes and then give us a reveal. Um, but as the character goes, the idea of somebody who didn't necessarily want to become who she became, they they added just enough enough humanity. Uh, yeah, just enough yeah. Uh, depth that I want to learn more. They, I don't think fully quite fleshed out there because it turned into the you have power, I want power because I want power mm-hmm. um, versus like a I want this power in order to fix something that I did wrong years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's something there. And I, I, I see absolutely no reason why she wouldn't turn up in Doctor Strange 2 or a future story, just like you guys were talking about in the last episode. I think it would be interesting to see a snippet of her timeline after what happened in Salem to see what made her, what, what, what turned her because she, you know, when, when the, when she was on the uh, stake to be burned, like she, like the feeling I got from her was she wasn't a villainous at that point. Fast forward to WandaVision and she's, you know, maniacal and, you know, plotting and like what how did she get there right and honestly she's she was a popular enough character on this series that i can see them giving her a spinoff i can see them doing something with her that's just her well not to mention the commanding performance Catherine hahn put on like oh oh my god so believable the whole way through yeah i absolutely loved it agreed um this is just a curiosity. So what what <laughs> what do you think happened between uh, Monica and Captain Marvel? Because there's stuff. <laughs> there's obviously stuff. I have to assume it's just it's just the fact that Captain Marvel took off and was in space for years, and the Heck mom it. was still on Earth trying to figure things out and do things, and then eventually gets sick and gets cancer. I would not be shocked if they told us that the cancer was linked to Captain Marvel's powers in some way. Mm-hmm. So, so really very, um, just kind of, you weren't there for me kind of thing. You weren't there for me. Well, not me. You weren't there for my mom. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I see it as very much the, um, the doctor, if we go to Watchmen, the sort of Dr. Manhattan thing of, you know, he stopped caring about this woman that he loved and she got cancer from being around him all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think that kind of thing is what makes sense. Or at the very least, definitely a, you weren't there, but I don't think it was like Captain Marvel came home and slapped her someday. (laughs) It was just, Uh, you know, just got real abusive, real hard drunk and, uh, crashed the family car, gave him the finger and flew off. Like, I don't think, I don't think there's anything that like direct. I think it was more of the, you know, you cared more about the rest of the universe but my mom was my universe and that wasn't enough for you or whatever. Right. Right. Um, I expect that to be the, the thing, but I don't expect it to, I don't know. I hope that's not the whole point of Captain Marvel too. Um, one of the things that I do think they have to do is they have to hold the, the, my powers cause cancer, uh, storyline for Firestar. And yes, Okay. Marvel, I I expect a fire star somewhere. So even if it's 20 years from now, damn it, I want a fire star. And what would even be better is if we can get Firestar and Iceman, yeah, Spider-Man before before um 
uh, Tom Holland's run as Spider-Man is done because I was going to say, I think if you got those, you would get them in a Spider-Man movie rather than like a, uh, a new, I don't, I don't know if you're going to get the new warriors anytime soon. No, they, Although, you were supposed I mean, to, there was going we to be were... a television show that had a squirrel girl and they even had the cast announced and it yeah. was a whole thing and they were doing interviews and they're like, I'm so excited to play squirrel girl and all these characters. And then it fizzled when um, Marvel TV got like reabsorbed and um, started becoming a, a different animal. Yeah. I just hope, I hope when they do, well, I know what they're going to do with new warriors. If they ever do new warriors, they're going to make it, they're going to make it the, the reality television show because that's, that's how they ended their run. I think that makes <clears throat> sense. Yeah. I mean, it's a different, I mean, it, it's a bummer because it, I felt like those characters weren't getting a lot of like development in that genre, but I can see them doing something fun with it on Disney yeah. Plus. So at the same time, that is also how the Guardians of the Galaxy run kind of worked is they cut between their debriefing. So basically the interview segments and the rest. So it ran like a, the 2010 sitcom um, and that's not how they did the movie. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's always hope. Yeah. All right, so the next movie we get is Black Widow. And I know I have been just, not that I I don't want to see a Black Widow movie, but I just don't know what it wants to be. And I don't, from watching any of the trailers and everything, I still don't know what it wants to be. So do you guys have any insight on what you think we're getting with Black Widow? Honestly, you go ahead, Bennett. Yeah. Hon- honestly, I think it should have happened before Endgame. Uh, a lot of people have, you know, in their head canon, she's dead. She's done with. Mm-hmm. Um, other people are probably like, yeah, but what is this going to look like? Is this? I mean, so this is supposed to have happened before Infinity War, or in that in that time gap, or I don't know. To be honest with you, I'm going to watch it and reserve my opinions till after I know more about it, but I'm, I don't know. I'm worried about it. Um, I'm wondering if it's going to set up Hawkeye, if they're going to be that intertwined, but I don't know because of, again, how the schedules work for movies versus TV shows. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to say, I assume taskmaster is, uh, is Hawkeye. That's my, really, yeah, that's my theory, is a guy with a bow and arrow and a sword, both things that we've seen Hawkeye use already, um, and the little shield thing, and how much they talk about forgiving one another and Budapest. I think that's what we're about to see. I think we're going to see the Budapest story, and I think that story is going to be that um, Clint Barton was a mercenary. Because I keep forgetting how they keep saying who brought who into shield. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was Hawkeye that brought... Um, Black Widow into S.H.I.E.L.D. because she talks about her past and the things that she's done that she's not proud of or if it was the other way around. Um, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. I am i don't know why. Um, it just seems to fit in my head of this guy that does all of these things, which is dumb because when we're introduced to Hawkeye, he's a sniper. And why he decided to grab the bow and arrow for fun in Thor and then from that point forward, because he like reached for a sniper rifle. So he's their sniper and then from that point forward, he's like, nope, I just use a bow and arrow. Why? Because. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, comics. Yeah. I mean, the movie I always wanted was a secret Avengers movie 
kind of thing. I wanted a Hawkeye and Black Widow espionage spy movie because yeah. then it would explain their purpose on the team. Right. It makes sense to have a guy who can take people out with a bow and arrow, and it makes sense to have a spy on your team if you're doing things that utilize those skills. Fighting waves of robots, not so much. Fighting waves of aliens, not so much. Finding waves of other aliens in the other Avengers <laughs> movie, not so much. So it's this idea of like, there's a reason the Avengers has people with varied skills, but we never get to see them use those skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would have wanted to see. I'm not sure. This is like, it's building its own little world. She's getting her own um, cast of characters related to her. It looks like we're going to go back to her origins. It looks like we're potentially getting introduced to who will become the new Black Widow, maybe. Um, and that's what I'm I, thinking. I, I'm thinking that's what this this movie is going to do with the franchise, is give a, us a, a new Black of Widow. A torch. Yeah. I, the thing that scares me about it is if it doesn't do well, it'll feel like it proved what the Marvel executives were thinking for so long, which is that nobody would care about a Black Widow movie. When really it's just that the placement seems weird because she's dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. The placement seems weird. It was then pushed off. Like, you know, it's we're getting it a lot later than we were going to get it because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, it just like the farther away we go from Endgame, the less relevant she seems to yes. the Marvel Universe moving forward. Because one of the biggest things that keeps bringing people in to watch these things is finding out how does this tie into the greater MCU? Like mm-hmm. they love that, cons- not conspiracy theory, but that fan theory kind of thing. And so to remove that aspect of the like, well, she's dead. So we have no idea what to make of this, but we assume it's not really going to impact anything. It's just supposed to go back and inform it's X-Men origins Wolverine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's supposed to go back and have all new characters in a story and sort of inform what came later and the character that came later. But I don't know that people care. Well, and it's also hard to get, I mean, it's historically hard to get, people interested in characters when you know what their final fate is. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very hard to do. Well, Romeo and Juliet, Joe, I remember you talking about this at the start. They tell you that they're dead. It's true. But then you're, 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 they're telling them, they're telling you they're going to die, but you are on the journey to see them get to that point. Sure, sure. That's we're fair. not. Gonna, yeah, we're not going to be watching Black Widow get to be, you know sacrificing herself for the the Soul Stone, right? Um, Unless we are, who knows? Maybe this movie all takes place in that split second when she gets sacrificed to the Soul Stone, and she is in a world of her own making. And at the end, she breaks out and she's back. Okay. <laughs> Was that too too far out? That's just off the dome. But keep in mind that in the comic books, within the Soul Stone is the Soul World. Right. Uh, It is not of people's own making, and you like can't interact with things. But there's like a mini paradise inside the Soul Stone. And and at the end, she she gets pulled out by a fully developed Adam Warlock. There you go. Because we haven't learned our lesson yet about fan theories. But don't forget about the assist from Gamora. She's in there too. That's true. Yep. That's true. That's another thing. I'm very curious to see how, how that works out. If we're just getting time tra- displaced Gamora. Um, somebody mentioned that 
uh, Loki might have to do something with um, the fact that Gamora is time displaced and, you know, they might have a reference to people going after her. Um, or it'll just be lazily fixed and it'll say, well, Thanos had a backup of her brain. Here you go. Kind of like the two <laughs> visions where the one vision is just like clearly only as imagined by Wanda and Wanda couldn't have known every intricacy of his operating system. That's mm-hmm. not she doesn't know anything about those things that we're aware of. But yet the the imaginary, if you will, vision was able to download all of his knowledge directly into the other vision, uh, even though he himself was told those things, but didn't actually experience them for himself. You know what I mean? Like, well, is that what really happened? Because I kind of took it as he unlocked, like where that data was being stored. Oh, you know, maybe you're right. You could be right. That yeah, would that make w- more that sense. Was kind but of even the way so, it, yeah. this is a thing that we decided this vision could do, despite there being no explanation for it outside of he's the vision. He can do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you, if they don't want it to be a part of the story, if it's written as the, the cliffhanger and then they decide it's not that big of a deal, maybe you get a Luke Skywalker being handed the lightsaber and tossing it over his shoulder moment. And we just move mm-hmm. on with the story they really want to tell. I hope not, yeah. but anything is possible. So I like to keep the expectations pretty low in terms of that. And just, I'm there to be entertained. Take me on a ride. Tell me a story. Make me feel like a kid again. Okay, so I'm not going to go over all the movies that we have coming up, but I have one movie that I have to ask you guys about because I just don't I don't know. I'm excited about it, but I don't know. What are we getting with Eternals? Cuz I have <laughs> no idea what we're getting with it. And I've read the 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 one the series that they think it's going to be based on. Yeah. I don't know how you make that into a movie. Uh, cuz it feels like a pilot for a TV show, doesn't it? Yeah, the way it kicks off. I don't. So talking about taking big swings and talking about taking risks and playing with genres. I see this as being a big like. Epic. I don't want to. I'm trying to think of the right way of saying this because it's not like a Bible epic, but like a 300 kind of let me take you back. Let me show you something that's, you know, take those big epic moments from Thor Ragnarok Mm -hmm. or you know, the, and, and turn that into a movie. Like this whole thing could either be this giant thing. And I don't expect them to do that because if they're basing it off the Neil Gaiman stuff, it's going to be, they're hidden in the real world after eons and don't remember who they are. And they slowly get woken up or whatever. Um, If that's the case, the movie is going to feel fairly worthless outside of it being a stepping stone to what comes next. Right. And that That's feels like I a waste of a huge and, and the the thing that scares me is that the cast is huge. The cast is yeah. huge. Yeah. So I, I I worry about that. I would much rather see um something different. I want to see something I haven't seen before. I'm worried they try to turn it into a Guardians of the Galaxy thing and throw a bunch of pithy humor in it. Um I'm worried that they'll just turn it into a stepping stone. But um, I could see them making it a big Shakespearean drama thing. And while that wouldn't necessarily be as entertaining to the kiddies and sell as many toys, that's kind of what I want to see. I don't know. Bama, what about you? Like, do you have knowledge of the like we're we're comic book yeah, geeks? I, Where have do you stand no, on? I have no frame of reference for the Eternals at all. So as somebody who has never heard of them, what is your what is your feeling about this movie? Meh. 
I mean, obviously, obviously, I'm going to watch it and, you know, absorb it for what it is and, you know, just kind of see what I think in retrospect. But going into it, I'm like, like Rob said, show me, tell me a story, show me something, entertain me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, we we do we do get three Avengers in in this cast of thousands. Um, We get Gilgamesh, we get Circe and we get um, the Black Knight. And so that's kind of exciting because those are characters, again, these are characters that who would have ever thought that these would be characters that we would see on the big screen. Oh God, I know, right? At the very least, as a comic book geek or a geek in general, to be like, these are like, this isn't Spider-Man and Batman and Superman. Uh, To get anything that's not those three characters is itself a massive blessing for for geeks in general. Mm -hmm. So to be able to be like, they made a movie where the main character is Star Lord. <laughs> you know, uh, they hell they started this whole thing off with Iron Man. Iron mm-hmm. Man is not an exciting character uh, when you dig back deep into it, unless you're like a big Iron Man fan. The whole point was to create the most take the most unlikable uh, sort of archetype, which was an arms dealer a weapons designer, a big businessman. And Stan Lee's challenge was like, I'm going to try and make you like this guy. Um, and he just thought that was interesting, but by and large, Iron Man was always B list. You know, there was the nineties cartoon that helped, but like the Avengers in general, you know, were, were a big deal in Marvel, but the, the, it changed so much. The team changed so much. The money was always with Spider-Man and the X-Men. Right. So the fact that they're like, we're going to make an Iron Man movie. And you're like, that's really weird, but okay. And then you saw the trail and you're like, oh, I get it. Because mm-hmm. you're going to be able to to make it feel more real because it's a guy in a suit of armor. And then by the time you get to Endgame, Tony Stark is magic. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's nano things that can do everything he wants and shoot big lasers anytime he wants. And all of the science has gone completely out the window for Tony Stark. And... uh and we're there for it. And the fact that they've gotten to that point and the fact that, yeah, we're getting these, like, I'm a huge Moon Knight guy. And the idea of a Moon Knight TV show is fascinating because more than any of the others, I have no idea what it'll be. And that's why I like Moon Knight. Because every time they make a Moon Knight comic, it's vastly different in tone and take from the one before it. Well, and I think uh, Ray and I both said on the last episode that, um, the fact that Oscar Isaac is playing Moon Knight is so exciting because he's he's incredible. They're getting some major – like they're not just getting big names because big names are awesome and they're wonderful. And I'm not saying that big names can't be amazing actors. But you're getting – they're getting actors now that are known for being kind of like amazing level performers. Like – known for the intricacy of their art kind of performers. And I don't know if that, if I'm explaining it well enough, but no, both I'm with you, but both um, Oscar Isaac and I'm going to forget, I constantly forget her name because it's not terribly easy to pronounce, but the woman playing she Hulk. Um, Cause did, did you watch um, orphan black? Either of you? No, I have not. Oh guys. <laughs> Oh, guys, <laughs> uh, Tatiana, Tatiana Mislani is 
friggin' amazing. And she plays, she plays, uh, spoiler alert, it is about clones, and she plays them all, and you forget it's the same actress playing them all. It, it's, I have never seen, being somebody who has studied theater, I have never seen something like this before. And wh- wh- is this a, a Netflix, Amazon, Hulu? Um, it, Netflix, wasn't it? It's either on Netflix or Amazon Prime. And it is like, it's a great mystery. It, it, but <laughs> the three main characters she plays is the kind of bad girl gone honest. The, um, the, the, <laughs> the crunchy granola wears dreads lesbian scientist and the soccer mom. And all three of those characters are so completely different. You forget that it is the same actress playing all three of them. And it is phenomenal to watch. Like you could just watch it. Like even if it was just them having a conversation around a, um, a dinner table, it's fascinating because you realize they had to, if, if there are, you know, three clones at this table, they had to film this scene three times because it's just all her. Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating piece of of television. Highly, highly recommend. Cool. Yeah, I've heard good, nothing but good things. Um. Also, with uh, along the along the you know, since I'm gushing about actors and actresses, I'm so I was so disappointed when I saw that Gemma Chan was in uh, Captain Marvel as one of the the Kree. And I was like, oh, but she's so good. What a waste. But no, she's going to be Cersei, and that makes me more happy than it should. Yeah, I heard you talking about that. That's cool. Yeah. My my uh, Roomba is named after her character in Humans. <laughs> uh, well, what else, guys, before we, before we start wrapping it up? Or is there anything that we did not cover that you wanted to get out there into the world? I don't think so. I mean, we have a whole week. And then we start Falcon and Winter Soldier and I'm seeing ridiculous amounts of YouTube ads already for it. And it's all over the place. So um, again, the MCU isn't stopping. Well, okay. Here's the last thing that I have to offer you. What is beef? If not cow persevering. Apparently there's been a lot of things that came out of that quote, a lot of memes, and that was the director's favorite. Oh, that's, that's awesome. (laughs) Um, I, I, I love the fact that I, I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I don't feel like Falcon and winter soldier was ever on anybody's radar until you got the two actors together and realized, Oh my God, they're ridiculous. Like, I, I think this was, absolutely a these two have chemistry we want to see more of them kind of deal sure well i mean i always took it as the who will carry the shield thing because that's what they did in the comic books was here are all these people that have kind of been captain america at one time or another in the past um who's the one that's going to carry it on and that's what it looked like they were building this as you Mm -hmm. know and clearly it is because they have the captain america shield right there in the logo Right, but this, but yeah, story wise, yes. But the fact that they were even going to do something that was just these two characters, I think, really very much spawned out of Civil War and going, oh, they're funny together. Yeah, no. It, oh, we it, need. I look forward we, to it. Yeah, we need to put these two together because everybody wants to see them interact. 
And I think everybody that had a problem with WandaVision, it's like, all right, shut up and watch Falcon and Winter Soldier, because if that other one was a bit too much, you didn't like having to deal with wondering what's going on and looking into things or whatever, like watch this show. Like, and that's not, I don't mean that to be insulting. It's one of these, like, I think this was the Marvel show you were wanting and waiting for. Mm -hmm. And I think it's what you're going to get. It's going to be a funny buddy cop movie with lots of explosions and action. I don't think we're going to get too deep into anything philosophical outside of Bucky feeling bad about the things he's done and the weight of the Captain America legacy. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, do you think there would have been a different um, reaction to WandaVision if this had come out first, like it was supposed to? Yes. Uh, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Because, you know, we've been star like we were saying earlier, we've been starved for MCU for so long that to get something so different from what we were used to, I, th- I think if they'd have had the buddy cop episodes first, it would have, it would have quenched some thirst. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Totally. I think that's what people were waiting for. People wanted the next big, you know, the, well, what's going to happen next in the MCU thing. And, the last thing we get to see in Endgame outside of Captain America dancing is um, handing off the shield, really. You know, yeah. like that's the last mm-hmm. big moment of what might be to come. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. I mean, I've, I, I always love, <laughs> we have these conversations on social media all the time with one another. It's nice to be able to just talk about it with you in real time. So thank you for coming on and we'll definitely have you guys on more as we have more MCU stuff coming out. Well, don't forget about John Mundy down here. We still got to talk about that. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm working on it. So, okay. um, so let's, let's, let's go to, let's go to shout outs. Uh, I do want to give a, a shout out to Matt on Slack. Uh, he said, I was listening to the last podcast on WandaVision. Y'all were talking about how quickly she was catching on to things during the final fight. I think maybe you missed something. When she was firing her shot and missing Agatha to create the runes, I immediately thought that was something that she picked up slash learned from Hawkeye during Civil War. And my mind was blown because I absolutely completely missed that. Oh, I, I did too. I, I can't even recall that scene. I'm going to have to go back and watch Civil War again. I, I love watching. Like I will go back and watch Civil War just for the the airport scene. Oh yeah, that just yeah, this makes me happy. Um, and also, uh, John Mundy said, "Hey, what about thoughts slash review on Superman and Lois?" And my response to him on social media was, uh, "We really don't do that, but your <laughs> your luck, Bama does." <laughs> so Bama thoughts. Yeah, I'm trying to grab the actor's name real quick. Uh, Tyler Hoechlin. Um, mm-hmm. So we got cameos from him in Supergirl and I'm like, yeah, I don't buy him as Superman. Mm -hmm. I was wrong. It just in the first couple of episodes of Superman and Lois, I'm like, okay. So like to me, I always thought that, you know, going back to Spider-Man and I promise I'll come back around, you know, to me, Tobey Maguire was a good Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield was a good S- Spider-Man. And then you Tom Holland, you get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler C- uh, Hoechlin's a more in-depth Clark Kent. Like I'm really digging that where you might lean on Henry Cavill as more Superman than Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. You are seeing the interpersonal relationship between Superman and Lois in that you know, Hey, you know, this is what the boys did at school today. And it's like, you don't get that in the live action movies. 
So I'm, I'm really digging it. I don't know where they're going to go. And I still don't know how to feel about the fact that Jonathan Kent's not an only child in this uh, post-crisis world. I, I wish I had something to add to that, but I don't watch it. We got to like the second to last season of Arrow and one too many episodes was, all right, I will never lie to you again. And, and then five lie. minutes later from yeah. you, for like five minutes later, I will lie to you. And both Matt and I table flipped and we're like, we're done. <laughs> and then we got to the point where it was the big first crossover that they did with everybody. And I was like, I don't watch the other one, um, the Legends of Tomorrow. And I don't, you know, I'm behind on Supergirl and I'm lost. So, um, so there you go, John. That's the best I can do for you. Because neither <laughs> Ray or I watch the watch the CW DC stuff. But uh, but yeah, hope hope that's good. And I will I will give give the first episode a try if Hulu ever lets me watch it. Um, which apparently I have to buy an all new package to do. Oh, that. is it not on Hulu? Wow. Well, it is on Hulu, but I, like at least right now, it, you have to have the live TV plus uh, package, which we do not have. Um, but yeah. And uh, and that's it for our, my shout outs. How about you guys? Any shout outs for you? Bama? Um, I guess my biggest shout out right now would be to Kevin Feige, who I think in <laughs> 30, 40, 50 years, we're going to look at him like not necessarily the second coming of Stan Lee, but having as profound an effect on comic movies as Stan did on comics in general. Yeah, I'd I agree think with that. Fair. Yeah, yeah. It's big stuff. And it's it and similar to Stanley in that he's the one that we're all going to focus on knowing that there's a massive team around him that just doesn't get mentioned and whose names we don't ever really get to learn. Right. Cuz that was the same like Stanley made himself the figurehead even though there was a bunch of people doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it's the same thing. Yeah, where he's going to have a great legacy and it's going to be well earned. Um and we just keep in mind that along with him there's all of the other people mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, uh, from my, gets, yeah. Go ahead. He get, he gets very excited about his directors, though. So that's definitely a, a nice. Yes, thing. he does. He definitely he does definitely brings them as forefront as you can, and everybody's like, "Yeah, they're great." But you've got this great vision, Faye. <laughs> yeah, like you're pulling it all together. He's that that editor in chief that is maintaining the ability to keep everything together and coherent, which is the big challenge. Yeah, you know how do you tease just enough without it turning into like. Why is Thor taking a bath in this movie? <laughs> you know, because they're gonna be a scene with him in Star Lord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we have to figure something out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all, right, all right, go ahead, Rob. Uh, shout outs for me. I would say uh, my listeners, listeners to the end. Sometimes Rob podcast. We were on a really good streak um, for a while there, uh, but do it is the nature of the show to only be around sometimes. So. Uh, new episodes are coming. I promise. I actually, I recorded a new episode uh, with a buddy of mine who is recently returned from Los Angeles uh, working in television out there. And I thought it was a good episode, but he's, he's never done a podcast interview like that before. So he wants to redo it. He's asked me to hold off on publishing. Um, so there is new stuff coming. I promise. Uh, and then I also wanted to give a shout out to all of the folks over there at, uh, as, as the dice roll. I think the stuff you guys are doing over there is great. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing all the new stuff that's coming out as well. Oh, thanks, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, it, it's a guilty pleasure of mine to get to do that twice a month. 
Yeah, no, we've been having a lot of fun with it. It's a lot of work, but I, I really am. It's, it's one of the things I'm most proud of. So I just hope by the time we wrap up the campaign, I understand how the game works. <laughs> I'm not counting on it because <laughs> we're just kind of like, should we roll? Yeah, we'll roll like, something. I quickly <laughs> adapted to Dungeons and Dragons. Like I fell headfirst into that. It made sense to me. We are, are we a year in now? Almost. Um, like, I still quite. don't understand. Six months, eight months. I still don't understand this game. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I just kind of like, did I succeed? Okay, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, next week, it is it is time. It's going to happen. We're going to sit down for four hours of our life, and we are going to watch the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Do we have to, Joe? <laughs> you don't have to do anything. I unfortunately do. <laughs> Yeah, I look forward to people just putting clips on because here's what's going to happen, buddy. Like you got all these people that clamored online for this thing and we're all shitty about it and whatever. And then like they're going to put out the thing. Most people are just going to want to see clips of the stuff that wasn't in the other movie that looks cool mm-hmm. on YouTube. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And Warner Brothers can only keep that up for so long trying to keep those off of YouTube. I imagine that is how I will see the Snyder Cut is not in a four hour long movie. I expect that I'll just like see some clips on YouTube and be like, yep, that looks like Zack Snyder directing CG characters with no color. Uh, they're smashing into one another. That's cool. That's cool looking. <laughs> my, my, uh, my expectation is I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not going to be good. It might be amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, but if it's not good, I am not looking forward to the litany of people who are going to try and justify why it is good when it is not good. Or the other people doing the, I told you so of like, we didn't need this and you made them spend millions of dollars on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I do feel like most of us are just going to be kind of like, well, that was the thing (laughs) and you can keep talking about it, but we'll be over here watching our Falcon and winter soldier. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You know, me personally, I don't feel this is this was necessary to do. I, I no, <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. But there you go. We'll see. We'll see. It'll, it'll give us something to talk about, and uh, which does mean that we are going to delay our our first Falcon and Winter Soldier until episode three. But I think that's okay. I think that's fine. We'll. <laughs> That's my other shout out. Thank you, Joe, because you and Ray have been doing everything that I think used to be expected of the comic box. (laughs) (laughs) Where I had to watch everything and have a whole bunch of notes and all of the Easter eggs and the background on who all the characters are. And I still love talking about that stuff, but not feeling the responsibility and hearing people that I know have really good conversations about it is very comforting for me. Yes, you you have absolutely filled a gap in my geekdom that 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 has been lacking since the comic box was closed for the last time. Well, that I, I very much appreciate that because <laughs> there are times where I will be sitting watching something with Matt and he'll go, why are we watching this? Cause I'm going to be talking about it with Ray tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine. <laughs> All right. So here we go. I did not get to read this one over, but we'll do it. Hark. Thus thine ears be filled with the pleasure of musical instrumentation. Then thou shalt pay tribute to Ben Sound, whose angelic tones will be writ here and henceforth under a Creative Commons license. If thou seekest out more sounds of Ben, thou shalt findest them at bensound.com. 
Hail the Geek to Geek Network. Geekitude <laughs> addeth its strength and wisdom to its powerful collective, the emanations of which we advocate to thee, fine listeners. Check out other Geek to Geek shows, the Geek to Geek podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, and Sometimes Rob. And our newest podcast, of course, As the Dice Roll. Also, you can check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Bamashox. Me! <laughs> and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord, where you can chat with us in real time. I'm going to stop real quick and say I really appreciate all the conversations that have been going on in the last week or two on the Geektitude Slack channel. Absolutely love it. I am so happy to be able to talk to you guys. Please keep it coming because we just we get such a big kick out of it. And honestly, it'll make our day when if we're having a bad day and we look and we've got a message on the Geektitude channel, we're like, yay. Um, you can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Gentlemen, where can we find you? I can be found on almost every platform at B-A-M-A-S-H-O-C-K-Z, except YouTube where it's Let's Go Fishing. I am on Twitter at Noby, K-N-O-W-B-Y. Awesome. This has been a lot of fun, guys. We're going to have you on... I know again sometime soon and hopefully with Ray when he's not suffering. <laughs> yes. And yeah. And thank you so much for, for talking with us today and for all of you listening out there. Remember this week, keep it geek. Feel better, Ray. <laughs> <laughs>